Oh, mate, else, mate. Hawk versus Wolf, mate. Talking Manscaped. There's a certain confidence that comes with being properly groomed. It's an aura, a vibe. You can just tell by the way they carry themselves. We call it BGE, Big Groomed Energy. And there's only one way to get BGE, Manscaped. We'd like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0, Manscaped. Sorry, that's my sound effect. Is there, uh, they're the, they're the, they're the leader in below the waist grooming. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. I, myself and Tony Hawk are some of these men, uh, by going to manscaped.com for, uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HawkWolf. It's time, people. Everybody's got the memo. There's just certain hair that it's just not a good vibe. And when you get rid of that hair, it builds a confidence in you. And then you become cooler. And then you can, you know, dress up as Fonzarelli and jump the shark. 20% off free shipping with code HawkWolf at Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping, everybody. Manscaped.com. Use the code HawkWolf. Unlock your big groom energy with Manscaped. And remember, when you trim your hedges, the trees stand taller. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Oh, man. We imitate each other. Salama Maskela is here. I am. Salama Masakela. You're not Sal. I'm not. I haven't been for... I, re- I, I resigned it uh, summer of 2020. I was like, that's fucking it. I'm done. But I'm going back I've to my government. I've been calling you that when I see you. Does he you've get been a pass? Calling me, No, you've been calling me Salama. Sometimes Have you I? slip. Yeah. I Sometimes you slip. But you you have been. I didn't know. Yeah. So I had to explain that before you got here, by the way. No worries. It's all right. Yeah. I, people known me as Salem, as Sal for most of my life. Maybe I say Masakela. You do say Masakela a lot. That's probably what it is. But I think that um I always the thing is I always wanted to go back to Sal. I mean to Salema. Oh, I was gonna say. Um, yeah. I always I t- I'm jet Even he's confused. I'm jet lagged. I always wanted to go back to Salema. When I moved to California, the first day I went to, to Carlsbad, hi, uh, and yeah, I inju- say in- no more. introduced myself. And they're like, what's your name? And I was like, Salema. And they're like, so what, dude? Like, Salema. And literally, <laughs> I shit you not, by that afternoon, someone came running up after lunch and we're like, dude, we got it. You're Sal. You're oh, fucking really? Sal, dude. Yeah, and I was like, I am? And then it just like threw the whole school. And you're walking down the hallway and people are like, yeah, Sal. What's up, Sal? Right on, Sal. Yeah, Sal. And I was like, all right, I guess. Oh, I guess wow. That's I, th- what I was hoping that was more self-appointed. Yeah. No. Oh, that <laughs> it sucks. was so not self-appointed. All right. It's Salema then. I remember when I met Sal Barbier for the first time, and he was like, oh, so you're that guy that people like confused in Carlsbad. He'd been in Carlsbad for like a little oh, bit. Geez. And he was like, and they were like, he found out there was another black Sal, and he thought that I was like, Imitating him. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, nah, dude. Wait, is Sal, is, is Sal Barbier's? Is that short for something? No, I think Sal's just... I think he's Sal. just Sal. Yeah. yeah. And I could never... I couldn't tie the shoes of Sal Barbier, so I was like, no. On no planet ever. <laughs> 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 Did I ever think that I could um, 
remotely uh, yeah. steal any of that's your shine. A, but when you're choose. like literally one of, at that time, I think there was like three to maybe four and a half black dudes in all of Carlsbad, of course that was going to happen. Wow. You, you know Romy? Remember Romy with the dreadlocks? Yeah. So it was Sal Barbier, Romy, myself, and like one other guy for So what was years. that like? Strange. In Carlsbad, it was it was strange, weird especially vibe. when I started surfing. But it was, was super, it a weird? It was a very weird vibe. Since? So just take everything you know about skateboarding and just <laughs> throw it out the door. <laughs> Imagine like showing up to the beach and guys being like, "What are you doing here? You you guys don't even swim." That like laughing so and heckling wild. that a black kid was on the beach holding a surfboard, like took people's brains. And that's and happening in Carlsbad. Them. In Carlsbad, wow. all yeah. the time. Yeah, that was, it was, it was, me. it was all, all the time. It was like, if it wasn't for like, for Taylor Knox, because we graduated the same year and he was one of the people who like had my back, it would have been worse. I remember, give you a funny example. There was this girl that I liked in my, in my, I think it was my English class. And I asked her friend about me, about, about her one day in, in, in the halls. I was like, Hey, what's up with, with, uh, with Stephanie? And she was like, what? You think, you think she's cute? And I was like, yeah, she's super cute. Like, hmm, I don't know. Let me, I don't know if she's into black eyes, but let me find out and I'll, I'll like, I'll get back to you. And then she like skipped off. Like, like that was just normal banter. <laughs> like it was, like it was normal oh shit. Oh my God. So yeah, it was, it was super, super interesting. I got let go from, from Hobie. I worked at Hobie before with Surfride. And I always, I was like a shop rat there. Yeah. And I finally got a job. Oh, in Oceanside. In Oceanside. Yeah. Yeah, which is now Surfride. Right. And I finally had gotten a job there. I was stoked. I quit. I was a teller at Bank of America, and I quit to go and work at the shop. My parents thought I was crazy, but it was like, Mom, that you, you don't understand. Like, I'm yeah, good. This is the place. I'm setting up snow. I'm tuning snowboards, setting up skateboards, and I'm selling stuff downstairs on the surf floor. And after, like, two months, I'm killing it. One day I come in, and my friend Aaron, um, who I had gone to Carlsbad with, was like, hey, uh, it's kind of slow, and you were the last one hired, so we gotta, we gotta let you go. But you know, we'll get you back on the schedule soon. And I was like, you know, just dumb deer in hell. Oh, but yeah, oh, okay, cool. Kept coming back around. A few weeks later, you're like, hey, who? new guy, <laughs> who's that girl? Um, and then you start to figure out, like, oh, I guess I'm not coming back. Got my job back at the bank, and then I get a call at the bank. And I was never allowed to take calls when you're on the teller line. Like, your job is to, to make transactions. My manager comes st storming over, and she's like, there's someone on the phone, and they won't get off. And I told them you were on the line, and they don't care. And so go run to the break room and take the call and get back out here. And so I go back out. I go back there, and I pick up the phone. And now I'm thinking there's, like, I got a family emergency or something. And it's Aaron. And he's like, hey, um, so I just... Uh, I had to call you because I had this thing that's been bothering my conscience for a long time. Um, and I can't really live with it anymore. And I'm leaving, I'm leaving the store because I'm going to go be a fireman. But we didn't, fire, we didn't let you go because it was slow. We had to let you go because the owner said we had, you didn't, your being black didn't, def, def, didn't fit the, the definition and the image of a surf shop. So we had to let you go. Man. I got kicked off XYZ for being allegedly gay on speakerphone and they all laughed when they fired me. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Persecution. Yeah, yeah. That so That's wild. crazy. From yeah. XYZ. Yeah. yeah. Did, did At the you, time, I wanted to be on there. So right. I remember. I, you would wear all the shit. Yeah. When, 
for, but in your case, were you thankful that dude told you? Because you kind of knew that already. No, you didn't I know. Did, or you expected that. I didn't that. know. I, mean, I was like, yeah. dumb, dumb as rocks, naive, trying to, you're your kid, you're trying to fit in. But, but it I, made I, thought sense. You, I thought you said when you saw the girl get hired that somehow you kind of knew I knew maybe. something was going on, but the last thing I thought that was that right. it had anything, even though this shit was happening all the time, you're right. like, not this, not like that. Right. And it fucked me up. Like, it really, 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 really Yeah. Me up. Like, that one fucked me up, and that's when I started to get pissed. And my mom, I told her, I, I, my mom, I was like, I'm going to sue. Like, fuck this. And um, she said, well, you could sue. But let's just look look at this for a second. Like, we're new to this town. And um, whose side do you think they're going to take? But, you know, because the two owners, they were, they were super, like, uh, prolific in the Calvary Church, etc. Um, you know, this town's got history there. It's generational. Like, who... And I was like, but they did what? She's like, so? And it was my mom who was just really like held the mirror up to my face. She said, there's two things you can do. Yes, you could sue, we'll support you, et cetera. Or you can just make sure that no one fucking takes this thing that you love away from you. Um, and know that also like, this is something that you're going to continue to deal with. And so it lit a real fire under my ass, that one. That was the one. Like after that, there's like no more jokes, any any talking shit, whatever. Um, and also like my my, you know my my father, besides being a musician, was a like a a race activist. Like he was politically he was politically yeah. exiled from South Africa for thirty years, couldn't go home because he was fighting against apartheid. And so now you got this shit happening to you, and you realize you you you're understanding your legacy and where you come from, and you're like, okay. No, no more trying to like fit in and hope that you you get to make friends at the expense of getting of yeah. getting to be your whole self. Yep. You know. What a great um, role model though to have your dad. Oh, he was the shit, man. He was he was so the shit because, you know, he he fought, but he also like he just fucking showered people with such an immense amount of love. Right. You know, and and told the story of where he was from and why it was fucked up and why you couldn't support you know, what was going on in South Africa. And then he'd, he'd hit people with this music that made him feel so good that they'd yeah. be like, yeah, fuck that, you know? Um, but he he could have, for, for someone who literally physically couldn't go home for 30 years because of risking death or, or, or being jailed, he had a wonderful approach to like just loving the shit out of everyone to the point where they'd be exhausted at, at being hateful. And I think... It's the smartest way to go about it. It is. And it's what... I think that was definitely it comes my... from anger. The, the, the negativity comes from anger and to fight back with anger gets you the same spot. No way. And so he just was like... And trust me, when he needed to fucking go off, he did. Right. But those... It was a limited number of, 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 of arrows in that quiver and he only used them when it was strictly for like, all right, I got to take you out. Right. Um, but he wasn't out there trying... He, he knew he'd be exhausted trying to fucking... Yeah. To, to do that. I think that was what my, my approach to like the industry was um, was definitely that way. I just I, I think I'm subconsciously was making an effort. I, I just the joy of the, of of this of this life and this culture was so fascinating. Did to you me. start surfing in Carlsbad yeah. when you moved there? Yeah, yeah, I started surfing in Carlsbad. I started skating back east the year like a year and a half before. It, I was in a school. I grew up in New York, and then I was in Massachusetts for like two and a half years which was a super culture shock. My mom and stepdad decided to move there because my, my stepdad was working between Boston and New York. 
And the only kids that were cool in my high school in Massachusetts, in Attleboro, were these, who were the coolest to me, in the midst of all the, like, jocks and the cliques, were these four fucking skateboarders. One kid named Scott Forbes, who I'm still friends with to this day. They had all the fucking... Sick. They had all the pins down the side of the jeans and black flag and just, like, just the way they dressed was so cool. And they stood out. They couldn't have stood out more. Like, my town was, was, like, work boots and and flannels and they were just like bah and they probably got shit for it they did they got yeah i mean shit. it wasn't they like were, they stood out with like no cool they got guys. abused yeah. every day they were skaters uh, and but i was just curious about them like they were the closest thing to like they were the closest thing to like culture like to kids who were different which i had grown up with in new york so i gravitated towards them and this kid scott forbes gave me a skateboard and they had Thrasher magazines. I knew nothing about the culture. I just imitated what they did. And he gave me my, he gave me a skateboard. Wow. And that, that really changed everything. Like that helped me get through Massachusetts. I still didn't know anything about skateboarding mm-hmm. or culture. But when I was moving to Carlsbad, when my, I came home from, high, from school one day and my parents said that in April, so school ends in like end of May. Right. First week of April, I come home and my mom, and my stepdad sits me down and says, we're moving to, Carlsbad, California wow. in two weeks. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. Like, I just figured this shit out. I yeah. had a girlfriend, you're in love. All, all that 16-year-old shit. Drove cross-country in a U-Haul. Pulled into California at night. Didn't know where we were. Woke up in the morning to go unload the U-Haul and walk outside. And we're up on the top of a hill above Tamarack in a cul-de-sac and pan right. I'll never forget it. Slowly pan right. Palm trees. What is this? And like, Oh, there's an ocean out there. I'm pissed, but like, all right, what's happening here? Kid comes riding by on his way to school as we're unloading, <laughs> unloading the U-Haul. Remember those Honda, the Revo scooters? Yeah. He had a purple Honda Revo scooter, full waterfall, um, sandals, shorts, and a tank top on, and Oakley blades. And he came rolling by, slowly looks at me, and like, eh, eh, and throws a shock. And I was like, what? What what is that? Yeah. <laughs> he can't be going I to thought, school. I thought I was gonna go a different direction, but that's freedom. Sick. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm pissed, but now I'm still a little bit more yeah. curious. Looks fun, huh? Yeah. I'm like, all right, we're gonna see where we're at. And anyway. I thought the same thing about California. <laughs> Looked fun as hell, man. Everybody, I'm like, I don't think any of you know how good you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what was my thing. <laughs> yeah. That was my thing when I got there. I was like, oh, you guys don't even know what you have. Yeah. And I just the weather. I I leaped waves. into it. I really leaped into it. There was a, a kid. I, I I went to lunch with these kids that like they're like, you want to come to lunch with us? I'm like, we can leave. We can leave school. Oh, yeah, yeah. To go to lunch? Like, yeah. Top in. Like, in my if you left school on the East Coast without permission, you'd be suspended. Done, like, yeah. what are you what are you talking about? Yeah. And we went to a place called Carl's Jr. <laughs> that yeah. I didn't know existed. I was in the back. I was literally in the back of his Subaru hatchback, like crawled in, new guy. They pull into the Tamarack parking lot and they're eating and they're talking and speaking this weird language. And I see someone stand up and they're like talking about surfing. And I was like, hey, I've seen that before. And they're like, where? No way. I was like, yeah, I was, I had been on tour with my dad the year before in Australia on the Paul Simon Graceland tour. And there was a guy who would come, you know, when we were in Sydney, he would come each day, he part of the local Australian crew, he'd surf before work and he'd stage his surfboard underneath the, the, the stage rigging. And I, I, what is that? He told me, 
And I'd be like, you got to take me, you got to take me to see it. And he's like, oh, man, I can't take you, but I'll tell you where to go. And he threw me on, I got on the ferry to Bondi one afternoon, went, sat down, bought a sandwich, and I watched these two kids walk out of the beach. He told me what time to go. And I see these two kids paddle out, and then they stood up, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, breakdancing, but they're breakdancing on water. <laughs> and I just, that's what I thought. I just thought, holy shit, you can breakdance on water. And I just thought it was the, the craziest thing ever. And I said, I don't know when or where or how, but if I ever get a chance to do that. How old were you then? I'm going to do that. I was 15. It was a year before. And then, you know, you fast forward a year later, you end up in this town, you're pissed, and then now you're sitting in the back of a fucking Subaru scrunched up eating Carl's Jr. for, for the first time. You're like, hey, that's that thing. <laughs> that's so and then you, these kids, you tell these kids that you were, you, you, you saw it in Bondi, and they're like, you were it in fucking Bondi, dude. Yeah. That's impossible. I'm like, sure I was. And then you tell them you were there with your dad and Paul Simon. They think this kid's In case crazy. they don't know, Hugh Masekela. Yeah. I am a guy that actually has been going through a little bit lately. And I was not seeing a therapist for a while because I thought that I was doing pretty good. And it turned out that I was not doing that well and that I needed to go back. And it's very convenient to use better help. And I wasn't sure. I thought maybe that, you know, the only therapist for me was the one that I used to use. Turns out, no, that's not true. The person that I met helped myself and my wife. And I highly recommend checking it out. And why not get yourself a discount code on helping yourself by, and notifying them that you listen to this show. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash hawkwolf. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash hawkwolf. Help yourselves, brothers and sisters. And thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring the show. Jason Ellis for Hawk vs. Wolf talking about factor, meals, man, meal prep. People are busy these days doing a lot of stuff. And when you're in a hurry, sometimes you eat stuff that you normally would not want to eat. Factor takes care of all that. These guys have meals delivered to your door. There's no uh, processed jank. It's a really good. They send it to my house. They're really good meals. They're really tasty. They're healthy. You have all different kinds of options. There's like... Uh, over 30 different options. There's smoothies, juices, all kinds of snacks. You can get you through the whole day, the whole week, sorry. Uh, and Factor is flexible. You can change your order if you don't like stuff. Vegan, keto, whatever it is, you can get it with these guys. And you can also get a fat discount, everybody, by going to uh, go.factor75.com slash wolf130. So use the code WOLF130 and get $130 off across six boxes. That's the code, everybody, is WOLF130 at go.factor75.com slash WOLF130 for $130 off. Um, yeah, my, my, my Amazing dad, musician. Yeah, Hugh Masekello, uh, he, was, uh, he, he made it possible for Paul Simon to make the Graceland album in South Africa during apartheid. Like he gave, set him up to get in there and, and make, and go in and make it with the musicians, even though my dad couldn't do it. He gave him all the connects. And then when he, when Paul got out, when the album was done, he's like, this record wouldn't happen on tour. With, without, without you. So not only are you coming on, on tour, but you're going to be a headliner. Like your name's going to be on the marquee. So he opened for Paul Simon? No. Or he, he was in the... He was in the band. But he was then, in the band oh, playing at the same time. Playing. And okay. then Paul would like have my dad come out and just do his songs oh, with the band. Oh, wow. Bands. 
sick. That's so amazing. And, and he, the way, he was just so generous. I, I got a taste of the, the sort of reverence for your father when we were on the skate park tour. And I remember we were, I want to say it was like DC or something. Mm. We were at some, some party, some VIP party that we got invited to. Yeah. And it was at a music studio. Oh, that's Do you remember that? Right. <clears throat> Holy shit, and, we're in that and club. And <laughs> so it was a club that they were like, hey, there's a music studio in the back. And they really want, they want you to say something. They want to record your they voice. They were recording a record. Yeah, they want, you, they want to record your voice, maybe introing a track or something. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, cool. And you were with me. And I was yeah. like, let's go check it out. And then we walk in and I did something super sh- small, whatever. And, and they're like uh, asking you. And I was like, well, his dad is Hugh Masekiel. I was like, what? I remember that shit. And they grabbed you and put you in the seat that and I was Chip. in. And they were like, you're, you're going on this record. You were on this record. <laughs> like it was, I didn't exist at that point. Yeah. It was like, dude, that was a, Hugh Masekiel's son is here. That was a, I remember that, Tony. And we, it was like, a, we were in a nightclub at this thing and then we just get pulled into the secret room and now like dudes are you know every joint on earth is being passed around and we're in the middle of like a recording studio session and they're like here just talk over the beat <laughs> yeah that was it okay <laughs> it was sick what band i don't remember it was it was it was a hip-hop artist but we were yeah it was in dc i was thinking about that like six months ago yeah, like, you know, it's one of those but that, minutes. To me, like I, I knew, I knew of your dad. I knew who your dad was, but right. I had never seen the reaction that it gets when people were like, "What?" Yeah. And that was a weird thing growing up in Carlsbad because nobody knew who your dad was, right? You know, a, 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 an adult would hear, yeah, like your last Easy name, listening. and they'd be like, "Wait, like, like, like humans care like every once in a while." But like my whole way into like even when I started at. When I started at Transworld, when I was answering the phones, I remember Grant Britton comes walking up to the front after a few days. And he, you know, Brant's, Grant's super chill. And he's like, Masakella. Like you, Masakella, right? And I said, yeah. I said, that's my dad. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just walks back. And then that's how I got, like, to be cool uh, with with Grant, but he was like one of the the one person in the building who was like, "Holy shit, he must kill his son." Is answering the phones? Is <laughs> the receptionist at Transworld? What was the spark for doing hosting, commentary stuff? Transworld. How? <clears throat> like, so when I got the op- when I got that job, it was like, "All right, I'm in." It's like it felt like I you broke into the prison, and yeah. like, okay, I, I can't get out. <laughs> what next? And so Infiltrate. I would, yeah, I would go and I would go to like skate photography, snowboard photography, whoever, editorial, like, what do you guys need done? Stuff envelopes, but whatever. Just showed people that I was down. I remember like the day that Dave Swift invited me to lunch. I was like, fuck yes, okay. Like those those guys are like, you come to lunch with us? I was like, Yeah, okay. Like grab my shit, you know. Um and it was it was such a unique time because there was only like 30 people, maybe 25 people who worked there when I started working there. Uh, I remember you coming in once and just being like, fuck, you calling for Grant one time and being like, yeah, just one second. Be like, holy shit, that's fucking Tony Hawk. <laughs> and um, they I remember did, thinking, that guy's got a smooth voice. <laughs> Transwell, Transwell, Pub- Transwell Publications. This is Sam Askela. How may I help you? Um, they were doing board aid. Yep. And remember Louise Balma? Yes. I have a good story. Just go, go okay. on. Okay. 
Yes. So Louise Balma, who who ran like all the events for Transworld, she was loud and energetic, and I could hear her like prancing up and down. Heard her and uh, what was I can't think of Fran Fran Richards. Yep. They're they're producing this event, and um, she's near the front. She's like, we don't have a host. What are we gonna, who's going to be the MC? Like ah, and then they're they're throwing around names, and then I finally just like I can do it. Her and Fran turn around and like, really? I was like, yeah, I could absolutely do it. Bullshit, but yes, I I could do it. And she remembered that like I was entertaining at the the Christmas party or something. I think I sang karaoke or something and got everybody like hyped up to and actually like enjoy the Christmas party. And, and you can sing. And I could sing. Yep. And uh, so she gave me my first shot. So board aid was my was my first deal. And that's that that was the that's what started it. That's what I went out there and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I just so I I just went full Robin that's Williams. That's no summer, right? That's no summer. Yep. It was the first time an event like that had ever happened. Yep. Porno for Pyros. Uh, I remember that first lineup of Porno for Pyros were the headliners, and it was they had a vert ramp up there. Yep. And a snowboarding triple jump, and it was all like to raise awareness around AIDS and HIV, which was for the time. It was like 94, Very 95. progressive. Super, super, <clears throat> super progressive. And they did it with, um, with Lifebeat, who had also yep. done Live Aid. And they made me the MC. And I just went out there and did like a Robin Williams Good Morning in Vietnam. Um, like, just riff. Good morning, Snow Summit. Blah, 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 and just kind of went off. And every, I got off the stage and everyone was like, that was amazing. All right, cool. Like, and that was, that, was, that was my start. I, I remember that. I went to those, of course, and um, and I remember watching you and going, "That dude, like, really knows how to do this." Because yeah. at the, you know, we had we had Dave Duncan at skate events, right? Dave Duncan's awesome, but you know, we never had anyone that was bringing it all together like that. And then I watched, and I was like, "Damn!" And then, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we got invited not long after that to go to the Flowrider event, yes, in Norway, and Tom Lochtefeld, creator of the Flowrider guy who was inviting all of us it was terrier it was chris. chris miller um bill uh bill Bryan. yeah bill beaker beaker bill Bryan, who i just um, found on instagram who else a couple of couple other big wave surfers yeah um <clears throat> and uh and uh sorry tom asked me do you know who could MC this and i was like that dude <laughs> that did board it yeah, uh, I was like that, like Sal, Sal Masakela, he's the guy. And I didn't end up going to the Europe one, to the to the Scandal one, but I did the one in San Diego, and that's that because of you. And that was, I thought you went to the one in Norway. I didn't go to Norway for some reason. It didn't work out. I forget oh, what it was. The wave broke. The wave broke. That's yeah, right. I was supposed to go on that one. And that's so right. we did. We did the one in. in uh, I was in, in Tokyo when I found out the wave broke. Yeah, and I was about to hop on a flight to there. Yeah, and then but, it was like no. Nope, but it's that's over. how that's how it started. It was little things like that, and I never. Hey, got, I'm not hey, saying I gave Slim his break. It was, <laughs> it was. It was a lot of people did that for me though, and yeah. I remember there was a guy who came up. Remember that show Planet X? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was my first TV gig, and that guy was a, just a hustler, bullshit artist of the highest order. But he got stuff on TV, and I forget. The, I think Don. I think I'm confusing when I saw you do that yeah. with Norway. Yeah. But I remember seeing you do it and I was like, oh man, that looks like a bummer. It was it was tough. But he his host didn't show up or something at one of the board aids and they needed someone to interview you. 
And like the guy comes up to me and he's like, you know, Tony Hawk. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I know him. We had met a few times at that point. And uh, he goes, can you interview him for me? And I was like, sure. Next thing you know, you and I are sitting on the vert ramp at Board Aid, <laughs> um, having a convo, burrowing out. And then afterwards, he's like, you should be the host of my show. Little, little did I know that I would never make a dollar. But that was, I, I, I give this Don Durbin dude a lot of credit because that show, you know, he called me and be like, there's this thing and we're going to, and we were just going like, we'd never have a pass or anything. Just like set up, <laughs> it's like, start talking. You know, bullshit our way backstage. And he would take advantage of the fact that I knew people. And um, that was my first, like, that was, that was, that was like public access television. But that back then, there's no, not a lot of channels or whatever. So you, people were like, hey, I saw you on, you're that Planet X dude. Like, uh, sure. I don't know what that means. I don't have a car and I barely have a job. But, you know, <laughs> people saw you doing the thing. And Duncan, I got to give Dave Duncan credit. You know, I would we'd be at the trade shows in San Diego at the Action Sports Retailer Trade Show, and um, he was the master of. Uh, yeah. He was the master. Dave was the voice. Was the master, the voice of skating, and so I, whenever I could get a break, I would just go and like post up, get closer to him, closer to him. And I'd pay attention to him because I wasn't a vert skater, oh. so I just pay attention to him, and that's how I learned how. That's how I learned tricks was from Dave, and then one day. Um, he had seen me at something and he goes, I'm going to go to lunch. You think you can do this next demo? And I was like, uh, yeah. And I did it. And it went over pretty good. And then the ASR people were like, all right, we're going to put you on the schedule. And Duncan co-signed me, didn't, didn't get salty and would always big up me. And that was a, that was how I got, I think, was able to get like some really good cred. I, yeah, I'd worked at, I worked at Transworld and I was working at Planet Earth. At the time. But when you when you offered yourself up for board aid, was that something you were pining to do? No. Or it was just like, was I'll just do it. I'll do that whatever. Was a moment. Like, like I said, the whole time of that trans world was like opportunity. I knew I wasn't going to be a receptionist for the rest of my life. I, I was selling like skateboard video magazines on the side for Diane, this woman, Diane. And I would sell like the trans world skateboarding t-shirts and, and hats and stuff to shops. That was like my part-time gig and I crushed it. Um, but it's also like, all right, I got to figure out how to how to stay stay in this. Thing. Oh, mate! If you haven't heard already, it's smooth back to summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're escaped from pubes to bum. <laughs> That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while you're still looking hot with Manscaped. The leader in below the belt grooming is making sure uh, we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh dive headfirst into smooth sack summer wow that's tasty uh by going to manscape.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with our code hawk wolf i shave with these things every day Every, it's the best shaving stuff. Everything they have, all the different shave, your nose, tri everything they make is the best one that you can get. Trust me, I fight hair 24-7. So get 20% off free shipping with the code HawkWolf at Manscaped.com. 20% off, everybody, and free shipping. Just use the promo code HawkWolf at Manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board and uh, or get left behind. Oh, mate, Jason Ellis here for Hawk vs. Wolf. 
talking about NordVPN. If you're bored of the US Netflix, why not take a spin uh, in the UK using NordVPN and click on the button and, and you can just do that. No need to travel to Japan for a favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. How the hell did they do that? That is freaking incredible. And I'm kind of pissed that I haven't already done it. I've done a read for these guys and I figured out as I was reading it what it does. Because I don't know about computers and stuff. But uh, it's like... Yeah, and it protects you as well. Like it doesn't, you, you don't go, uh, all your information doesn't go out there. But I already said that my information, my penis is on the internet. So I don't really care anymore. It's over for me, but it's probably not over for you. Most of you probably don't have your dick on the internet. So NordVPN can help you with that. Not to mention just the cool idea of watching other people's Netflix and stuff across the world. Because I'm bored. I need more Netflix. If I go to another country's Netflix... I'm not going to be bored. So this is worth get, which is worth getting. And if you use my promo code, you can get um, a subscription for two years with a fat ass discount. So if you use, uh, what is it? It's nordvpn.com slash wolf. Risk free uh, with Nord's 30 day money back. So if you don't like it, you can get out of it. I'm doing it. I'm, I mean, I guess I'll use my promo code, but I would just do it regardless. This just sounds like a great idea. NordVPN.com slash wolf. Everybody get it. Entertain yourselves. Surprise your wife. Hey, look at this crazy J- Japanese freaking Netflix show I'm watching. You'll seem like worldly and stuff. So check it out. NordVPN.com slash wolf. Thanks for sponsoring our podcast. And so whenever an opportunity came, if it felt right in my gut, I would just speak up. And that, that board aid thing was a, was a huge, huge one. I ended up doing all of them. Like the next, like, I think six yeah. or seven. Did you go to any of those? I can't remember. In my head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. Sure. I think you went to a couple of the, the, the final ones. Okay. And then yeah, fast forward to when was the first X Games you did? First X Games I did was 99. I oh damn! Yeah, I was late. Like the TV thing didn't take off for a while. I, I was trying, but they were using. You remember back then they were using all like ESPN oh, guys, yeah. like and and yeah, all those randos, too. super 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 randos. Yep. And <laughs> I would try to get like, trust me, I was hustling, and they were just like, sure, whatever. And it was I got a I got the MTV Sports and Music Fest. Oh yeah, that was. That was the first, like, real thing. And they'd said no to me twice and hired some, like, random chick. And then finally this guy, uh, Rod Asa, through, you know, Carl Harris. Carl Harris, yep. He was, Carl, he, Carl, Carl has some pull back Carl then. Carl Harris. MTV. Shout out, Carl. Carl, Carl. Carl Harris fought for me tooth and nail. Not even just at, at MTV. He got me this other show called Board Wild, which... I got out of Planet X and got on the board wild, which this guy produced another kind of hustle like Don Durbin, but he actually paid me sometimes <laughs> yeah. and we got to go places. And Carl was, Carl was running the swatch team yep. and had the swatch budget. And he told the, Carl told this guy, if you don't hire my guy, Sal, 
we're pulling our money, which he couldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Carl move for sure. Cool, He's like, we're pulling our money from your show. Yeah. And he was like, ah, all right. And then that was, that was the thing that led to MTV. And then ESPN saw, they saw me on MTV Sports and Music Fest. So I'm like, huh. They started, they were asking around and they, they heard good things in the, from the people in the industry about me. And they sent this guy, Phil Orleans, to Breckenridge. So fast forward to 1999. I remember Phil. Yeah, I had yeah. left. I had left uh, Planet Earth and, and went to start Alpha Numeric with, with Ali Asha um, and Mirko. And um, I was there with our snowboarding team at, at Breck. I wasn't announcing or anything. I was just there. Sitting at the bar after the first day of the contest. Bands Triple Crown snowboarding. Back when... when yep. uh, Back when, um, when what's his name would be there, like flipping hot dogs and stuff at at, at every contest. Steve, Steve Andor, amazing. Hey, how you doing? You know, yeah. just that that energy. And uh, this guy comes up and taps me on the shoulder at the bar. We're a couple beers in, as you would be at the end of a contest. It's you know, it's beginning to build towards the night. I pray, I pray, I pray before full the fullest send. <laughs> And he says, uh, excuse me, are you uh, Sal Masekela? I said, yeah. He said, I'm Phil Orleans. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the executive producer of snowboarding from the ESPN X Games. I'm looking for you. I stood up in my bar seat and I, hey, seat. And I, hey, whoever put this guy up to this, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> fuck no you. No way. Not funny. Sat back down. Tap, tap, tap again. This time he's holding like the really high quality red lettered embossed um, business card. And sure enough, it says Phil fucking Orleans, executive producer, snowboarding, <laughs> X Games, wow. hands it to me. And I was like, oh, oh, oh sorry. Uh, wow. Hey, yeah. Nice to meet you. He's like, can we talk? Not in here. And so he bought a six pack and we went in the, in the hotel lobby. And um, I told him everything that sucked about the X Games <laughs> for like two hours. Hey, I, including summer. Including summer. Yeah. Like I just read him for filth about how horrible it was, what it was doing to, to the culture and how, yeah, the athletes were getting theirs, but like, what the fuck? You guys are destroying our thing. And he's like, yeah, we know. And that's why I'm here. And, and he said, we want you to, to I want to see if you'd be interested in coming out and being a sideline reporter for snowboarding at, at winter. And that'll be like your audition. And I was like, no, I listen, I'll tell you everything that's wrong with this thing. But I, I'm absolutely not. It's just I don't think it's good. Why? I'll, I'll finish. Okay. Because I'm stupid. Fly home, get back to work that, mo that Monday. We're at Alpha America having our morning meeting. I was like, yeah, this guy came up to me given the report of, of everything with the team. Yeah. And like, yeah, this guy from X Games, you know, said that they were in, looking for me to, to, <laughs> to be a sideline reporter at Winter X Games. Like, what'd you say? I was like, no. I told him everything that sucked. And like, what the, you fucking idiot. And Aliasha said, dude, you could go there and make a difference. Change the game. And change the game. Yep. And I didn't, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, it's like when we were talking with Andrew. You didn't think you had that agency. Yeah, remember, like, we were talking with Andrew Schultz before we came on, right? And he was talking about his special, and we are telling him all the things he's doing. He's like, eh, yeah, hope so. I was like, that was my mentality. was like, yeah, I think I'm, I know that I'm, I, I'm doing it different, 
but not to the point where like I could change something or have an impact. I'm just, right. I'm just trying to be here. And, you know, we had this company that was gaining momentum and they kicked the shit out of me. My boys, Omar, um, Mirko. Mirko and Ali Asha. And so when Phil called the follow-up call two days later to be like, are you still stuck on stupid? Or are you interested? <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they got me out there for two weeks for 1500 bucks. <laughs> and I thought, 1500 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. You, let's go! Oh, yeah. That sounds cool. And, um, yeah, that was, that's when everything started. And at the end of that X Games, you know, the guys are coming down from their runs, and they're like, oh! and they'd never seen that at an ESPN Never before. seen anyone that they knew either yeah, or, or that they, they wanted to talk to. These guys never seen anyone they knew or wanted to talk to, and ESPN had never seen them stoked to do an interview. Yeah. And I wasn't good, but I was good at like talking shit and and I had the energy. I didn't know how to be a broadcaster. And at the end of it, um, they came up to me and they said, Do you know anything about skateboarding? I was like, Yeah. I know a couple things. Like, can you be in Virginia Beach in two weeks? I was like, sure. And that's how it started. And this guy, Jamie Reynolds, took me under his wing and he was like, All right, we're gonna train you. You remember Jamie Reynolds? Yeah. yeah. I remember when when we would get on the mic for the skate events, fast forward a couple of years, Jamie was in our ear. Yes. And yeah. I watched you in awe. I really, I watched you weave in and out of other sports coming in, doing reads. And I was like, dude, this guy is next level. I'm just sitting there like, that was a sick. Back to Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really bummed that one out. I remember when you became my co-host. Kind of what you were supposed to do, though. So don't worry. Yeah. No, no, I know, but 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 uh, but coming from, I think I didn't see all the, the yeah all the other work you were putting into it. Yeah, and I mean, and and we would throw to you on the ramp. Yeah, but right. well, that's how I knew that he was doing something different because he yeah, gave me but, my but spot I, but to I talk would watch, on there. And I would watch everyone's. Thank you, went, by the way. Everyone's in our ear, and I was just like, dude, what? How can? can't talk to me right now i don't know and you're listening and you're talking and then you'd spit out what they had and i was like dude this guy ah, it was impressive I, I took to it i really did and they they put me through they'd fly me to connecticut and i'd do like these seminars i'd be in a seminar for like three days yeah. like full journalism there'd be like two hours just on like interviews and what questions not to ask and coming in and out of commercial and storytelling. And this is why this works. And, and the theme of an event. And I just... And you're sitting with like, you know, the best people in football, baseball, all these world-class folks. You know, that's Susie Colber and the other guy. Um, God, I feel so bad. I can't remember his name. That they were original hosts of the X yep. Games. They, re they were the first ones to be like, this can all be yours. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? And they really, they looked out for me. Um, and I was, I think, you know, they were using lots of people from across the sports, but I don't think anybody else had an interest in like doing it. And there was a certain point about a year into it where I was like, I think this is what I want to do. And, um, yeah, I remember when I got the opportunity to, when they were looking for a sideline guy and I was like, Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, you regretted that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to help me so much. <laughs> I'll never forget. I remember dude. hearing, yeah, I, I remember. So I, I I have this fun experience of being between you guys and I'd be watching you on the monitor getting ready and you're like, what? I can't, don't fucking talk to me. I don't know. Dude, no, the best you one was- You guys are trying to give me too much information. The, the I don't best, know. Just, the best one was like, 
Who's this fucking idiot in my ear? Someone yeah, tell this fucking, if you want to fucking do it, come up and do it your fucking self. You hide me because I know the questions. <laughs> and Sal goes in my ear, hey, hey, buddy, he can hear you. And I went, ah, oh, fucking, somebody needs to tell him. Like, try to, you know what I mean? Like, I, did, I was never apologetic in every way. Like, I was like, it's because he's an idiot. Like, fire oh, him for man. fuck's double sake. down. It was yeah, so much. Okay. It was so much fun. <laughs> fucking double, triple down, man. I remember sometimes I'd be just begging. At, they're like, that's it. We're I'm like, no, you can't clip them. Here's why. Da, 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 da. And um, uh, those, me. those days were, were fun. I mean, I started off with Miller. Yeah. Uh, he was my first co-host, yeah. which was awesome because I'd worked for Chris at Planet Earth um, in rhythm and audio for on and off for a few years. Yeah. So when we, that was we were, I was really lucky that way because it's just like, all right, we're just buddies, right? And then I got to do it with you. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, just... It was so... Those years were so fun. The, I, so I was there for 13 years. Yeah. But I mean, those 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 ones that in the, that pocket... The first six, yeah. that six-year pocket... That was it, yeah. We were... And we did the tour. Fucking cooking. We should get into that because that's what people keep asking about. Yeah. The tours. We did the tours. Well, that's when it became fun to me. I, I did not enjoy myself at X Games. <laughs> it was a, I was still caught up in trying to be real deal Holyfield. And these people were clearly exploiting skateboarding for money. And I was still finding it. I'm like, I can't be on your side. I'm on their side. But also you were trying to skate actively. Yeah, but I knew I wasn't good. You know, I was too into partying to to win so i knew it was fair to have me on the microphone i'd accepted that <laughs> as much as i hated it but it was just a fact it was like get sober start training and win and then don't do the microphone thing and i'm like no nah, no nah, i'm gonna drink <laughs> I'm gonna and do this, party yeah. and fucking <laughs> i'm gonna do me this is what i do we did but we didn't have a lot of um overseers no. on the tour no we oh, had the tour ian. was we had ian and then <laughs> he ian wasn't got overseeing hurt. anything and he, well he was supposed to I think right. he was overseeing the budget. He was overseeing the budget. I think Ian was kind of there to, ho like, be the go-between and make sure that we didn't burn shit down. He did the best he could. If he had us yeah. flat out said, do not do that, he knew we'd do it. Yeah. So he had to be like, look, he did can, it. but I, it's probably not the greatest idea. And then every now and then someone would go, should probably listen to Ian, but oftentimes we'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> Fucking said it a lot. Like shout remember, out to Ian. Yeah, Latter. he's a good dude. But yeah, I, I'll never forget that that first the our first the first thing we did, the first thing we did on the first stop of the first tour was the wave pool. In uh in, in Texas. Was it in Texas? We went to the one in Texas. Texas. That's what so it was. So we we the first the first stop was San Diego. So it was right. kind of weird because we we all lived in San Diego. And so I'm the sure. first we stop all got was the Mission Valley, YMCA, and it was like, okay, we're going to do this yeah. locally. And then we hit the road, and that's when things got real <laughs> ugly. If, if <laughs> I, I say this to kids, ask me all the time, well, not kids, like grown-ass men with families who still tell me they still watch, uh, the have the VHSs and, and watch them privately uh, with their friends, they're always like, you know, that, that, that tour that tour shaped my life. They, they tell stories about what that tour, that tour meant to them. And I don't think we realized it at the time, like the impact. Or that we would have any impact. It was just more like, yeah. here's, our, here's our hijinks yeah. and here's skating. And that's how we, that was our approach for sure. I'm very, also at the same time, very happy that we, there was no social media during that time because 
I don't think we would have lasted three I, years. Yeah. <laughs> you guys might have been okay, but I would be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> if you had have told me that I could turn a phone on and tell the world what I'm thinking, I was thinking a lot of stuff that I should have kept to myself. <laughs> it, was, it was not positive. Yeah. It no. was it was pretty it was amazing, Tony. I, I still, it was super it's, fun. It's one of the highlights. But I, but I do feel like, it, and I think you guys were were two of the key figures. Absolutely. We had a lot of scooters coming in and out. We had a lot of talent. But you guys were the threads that kept it going and and those, and those made it meaningful in the programming. Because yeah. it was hard to get... A lot of the skaters were just skating. Yeah. And they weren't that... Forthcoming, they're like, with, wait, we gotta do interviews and stuff. Yeah, that was, all, and it was and always was the like, interviews were when, always when, like, when's my time to get on the mic? Yeah, but do you remember the interviews were like late at night in the yeah, hotel, and, and they were long, and people would come from the bar to the interview and just like, yeah, that's, that was sick. I was I just marveled, I I marveled at Ellis's ability to like one of your listen, your soup, one of your superpowers was to fucking read the crowd and to give them. Like, all right, it's time for a turn up. You know, like uh, the yeah. demo would be happening. And then Ellis would be like scoping and being like, all right, where's, there's got to be something here to fucking get this fight. Sometimes Ellis would just come and take the mic from me. It was like a WWE bit. Be like, yeah. You guys know, <laughs> you guys know Sam Masakaeva? Yeah. He's a fucking announcer guy, but he doesn't skate. Anyway, I'm a skater. I'd be doing this, but I got to skate. I'm going to, you guys want to see me jump off that thing up there? And be like, yeah. Be like, all right. And then he'd hand me the bike and then go climb up some fucking thing and try to kill himself, you know, bomb dropping. Well, that was his fault. I got that whole idea because he would do a McTwist the first ride and I was like, I knew that at the end of the, at the end of the demo, I might make a McTwist and he did one in his first ride. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Everybody else here, you don't get it. He's got you fucking taken already. So all of us are just, man, B team. And I'm like, I'm, fucking jump off that rafter because I know all you idiots. You don't know shit. Do you if remember I fly off that, you'll be like, whoa, did you Tony Hawk was it? Did you <laughs> see that one Euro guy fucking fly off the rafters? I knew it. And I was right. People said to me later, man, I saw you jumping off the thing. And I'm like, yeah. I saw yeah, you hanging off the thing. The ape hanger. The, the yeah. Yeah. No, the ape hanger was that was Big it. Deal. Yeah. By yeah. the second second year, people would be like, do it, Apex. Yeah. That's right. People were asking me to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. got a beam for you and everything. And I'm like, really? Okay. We built this just for Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> just some random beam hanging from the ceiling. What is that doing there? Oh, shit. Yeah. Those were I remember I, they used to fun. put moratoriums on my McTwist. They're like, no, all right, not in the first five runs. Yeah. yeah. One time I tried to Let do, it marinate. tell him to be super excited about my Smith grinds. To try to get people to think that my Smith grinds are hard. <laughs> I'm like, just try it. Just freak out when I do it. That didn't work. It didn't work. No. That <laughs> yeah, was the, I mean, from BAM, you know, showing up f from CKY to, yeah. to coming on tour to fucking Sean White learning how to, we taught him math, gambling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Playing blackjack on the bus. Playing blackjack, yeah. Yeah. I'm, and the checks that got written from the blackjack games. Oh, yeah. Well, Your so Trent, Trent, cameraman, who was the main cameraman. Crusher. Yeah. Was the dealer. Always played the dealer because he knew the odds were better in his favor. Bang, and he bought. He made so he much money. Bring that like he bring like $20,000 with him. Yeah. He, he built a new addition to his house. Yes. Yeah. 
Thanks from the to tour. us. Yeah. From the tour. Yeah. At one year, <laughs> I forget how much, rest in peace, Dave Mira wrote a fucking crazy check. And the check was so big that Kent Trent asked Dave to sign his bike so he could hang it up in that room and he built. And I went, remember going to Trent's house and he had this room built. And there was that. He's like, yep, this is the room that Dave Mira built. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, those guys were going deep. But I never yeah, had Sean, any money, so... Like, yeah, yeah, Sean, Sean got couldn't so, add. And he wouldn't pay either, though, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he got so far into debt that um, that he had to get his mom involved. And <laughs> Trent 14. forgave him. He did. But and he, he cried. that was not like Trent. No, he did. But Shoot. he was a kid. You could don't play the man's game. I remember game. when Sean went, when, when Sean figured out it was real, and he... <laughs> May have there may have been tears, and oh. that's when his mom got involved, and then Trent forgave him. Yeah, he thought it was fake the whole time because I knew it was real. Well, he I, was also. I think he just wasn't really. He'd it, never been to school. I was like, you're if you're sitting at this table, and there was only like three of them that had actual money. The rest of us were fucking poor. Yeah. So it was like you know we're we're tough you know five hundred. I'm like I'm fucking out. Like I don't give <laughs> yeah. a shit if I what I got. I'm not. I don't have five hundred, so I'm out. And I'm like, you. Mira and Sean White have it. You have it, and you can and you can actually let it go and be like, eh, fuck it, I'll get some more. I had to make payments one year. I think I broke. Because you weren't doing that well then. No, either. I wasn't doing but that well. But you were yeah. really in. Like I remember like drinking saved me a few times. I was like, I bought. I'm gonna go to the back of the bus. You know what I mean? And it probably saved me a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. But I'd, every now and then I'd come back in and get a beer from the fridge and I'd look at him and I'm like, yeah, I'm. I don't think gambling is good. Like he that's looks- kind of the vibe I remember from you at yeah. the gambling table. There was no oh, Trent loves fucking you over. Yeah, he he took great pleasure. Yeah. Didn't he, he give was, you a card that oh, was like a? Oh, we yeah, talked no. about it on the show. Yeah, oh, I might have seen it. The fake, uh, the fake, fake lottery, fake lottery. ticket. <laughs> it's, it's still it's got still a massive mass views on YouTube. Uh, it's oh. on. It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. posted it there. <laughs> <laughs> He's so he, proud of it. He, he wanted posted to go it there like five years ago. I was like, yeah. "Fuck off!" That's awesome. Who yeah. did? Trent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? the ten thousand dollars. I was like, and all I did was I scratched the win. I and it's like there wasn't even the joy of winning. It yeah, was, it was just like I'm back. I'm back. I'm back, and I get to gamble more. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you know you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, you all looked like you had one. But the last time we saw each other, we did that live stream uh, for Subway. Yes. And you were telling me about <laughs> the ultimate prank. Oh, my God. This one's good. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when when Bam and Rooftop, we were in Virginia, either Wilmington or Virginia Beach. I think it was Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> we they, they went to the front desk... And they got the front desk, just gave them my hotel room key. Okay. And they went in. They had gone to the store and they'd gotten plastic wrap. Yeah. And they they plastic wrapped the toilet by the toilet seat so that <laughs> it would look clear. Wait, you didn't know? Yeah. So I had to go. I go in and take a piss, and it's just splashing that, everywhere all over that's me. That's where it starts. Yeah. Um, they took apart my bed, but left everything in loose so yeah. that when I'd get in, it would collapse. Um. <laughs> It, and it did. Yeah, it did. Awesome. They uh, they took the batteries out of the remote. So, like, once I had everything together, and I was just like, fuck, finally, just, like, want to watch some TV. So, nope. N- nope. Pissed on yourself, your bed's broken, the TV doesn't work. They, oh, it also began with them breaking 
it was one of those keys that you insert. Yeah. So they'd broken the key in half <laughs> and stuck it in there. And so the, the whole thing the started with me, the whole thing started with me needing to get security to get into the room yeah. and then get this key that's jammed in there. But you're coming back late, right? Coming out late, late from the bar, yeah. drunk, and then getting in and then pissing all yourself. that, right? And then all that. <laughs> and then remember, you know, we'd have production meetings in the morning um, for storyline and all that shit. And they moved my my clock in my room forward two hours. <laughs> This oh, is that's a lot of work, man. I, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like that's just got Bam written all over it. it. Was, Every no, it single was, one it of was, them. Oh, Bam and Rooftop together? It was Bam and, Bam and Rooftop together. Yeah, oh, it was, it was like, like one evil genius. Yeah. And I almost fought him. Like, I couldn't get pissed at Bam, but I wanted to fight Rooftop. <laughs> why, why Rooftop and not Bam? Because Bam was just like... This is this is still like straight edge. You didn't know you didn't know that he had a shit whipping coming? Yeah. It was just still... Remember, this was still straight edge. I don't drink... I just fucking... Oh, he was not straight edge. Yeah, he that, was too. When he, was the first he? year on tour, he yeah, yeah, was yeah. straight edge. Oh, wow. Hadn't had a sip. That. He'd be in the back of the bus just doing fucking crunches because the idea of being fat, like... I remember that. Yeah. But he, but he did love being in the back of the bus. He loved being around yeah. the partying. Yeah, yeah. Which, to the and, point where I thought he was just... Yeah, right, but he was right in He was in it, but he just didn't do anything. Yeah, uh, he hadn't touched a thing yet. Oh, he, man. There was so many funny... He, he jumped, Marie jumped off the balcony. He jumped that, off the fucking roof of that hotel. Into just... A, into like a five-foot pool. Yeah. Somehow didn't die. <laughs> so wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think time. I told the story on the same show with the, the magic stuff that I bought that you pour in a drink and it <laughs> makes your drink go hard. You remember that one? I remember that one. <laughs> I remember that one, and you it, fucking asshole. And it didn't, it didn't go hard... You went to sip it before it had gone hard. Yeah. And I watched you start to pour like a globule of... Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, and I don't I, think it's a good idea for him a, to digest it's a dust, it. It's a dust you sprinkle into a liquid. Yeah. And it, and it makes the drink go hard. hard. So when he went to pour it, it was supposed to not come out. Yeah. But I was like, I think like somebody was helping me. It was like, hey, Sal. And he's like, yeah. And I went, shh, in the drink. And then he just immediately grabbed it and went to drink it. Yeah. And when it started to... Like I, I saw it pouring into his mouth. I was like, hey, hey. So he thought that I was trying to help him. He, oh, did, yeah, yeah. he didn't know that I'd put it in there. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was broken hearted. So, like you're my guy. Like so we're he, wingmen. Like whoa, no, no, whoa. no. But but it, it was all me, and he was gonna fight Markovic. That was That's it, yeah. right. And he was like, "Fucking put shit in my drink," and I was like, "Hey, hey, he, I I'm the guy. I did it all." And he was just like, fuck. Maybe I, I don't know how I ranked, but he, was, I, he did. I didn't I expect hate you, but I'm not going to hit you yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. But I was definitely going to hit Markovich. And yeah. I was like, I saw that. Like, you were, if I do it, I'm okay. If Chris did it, he's getting cracked. Yeah. Because you were like, you were. Fucking awesome. Like, why were you so targeted? Because he wasn't the fucking skater. Yeah. Because I, I think there was a. I did it to him. It was an underlining thing of like, well, is he really down? You remember, like, I mean, that's how the that's even how the the fucking Tampa Vert drop happened, when when Danny started talking shit oh, to me on the bus. Oh, that's right. Yep. And I thought it was like kind of a joke, and then he was like, "No, I'm serious. You don't even fucking skate vert. Like, how are you fucking announcing?" I was like, "Cameras are rolling." I'm like, "Hey, what's what's going on here, bros?" <laughs> well, he was slightly joking because I was, was I was a part of it. Yeah. And I wanted you to make it because I knew you could make it. Right. But, but how the conversation how started. How the conversation started was in the midst of all the other momentum, he took advantage of that. I, yeah. I, I love Danny for it. It's one of the best days of my life, to say I mean, the least. It was huge. It I mean, was huge. And this guy, 
if it wasn't for Ellis, I don't think I would have actually like done it, done it. Because he right. sat me down. He's like, look. And I also believed that I was getting kicked off the fucking tour. That's insane. But yeah. If if I didn't make it. Like the stakes no, were. No. I, I, no, you But weren't. I did believe it. Yeah. It was kind of like that thing you said about that other guy that was like, I'll pull the the money and he didn't have the power to pull the money. Yeah. That was what Danny was <laughs> that doing. That was what Danny was doing. Because he didn't have shit to pull. But... He didn't have shit to pull. But, <laughs> but I was... knew that if you did it, you were But gonna... I also, it's Danny fucking way. And but I'm you, like, well, You shit. knowing that is enough. Like, you knowing that, like, I, I just, I, I'm going to do my, my, my best here to, to come in on the request. And, and if, if I'm going to potentially get hurt, so be it. Yeah. And I tried to tell you, I was like, all you got to do is commit to it. And that's gonna break it. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna go. Look, maybe he's not pro. And he didn't grow up fucking riding like an uh, like a maniac like we did. But he's part of the team because I don't care if you're good. You just have to you just have to be committed. Yeah. And I knew that if you did that, it would shut people up. I knew earlier. I didn't like you when you first met you because you didn't skate and you were like the announcer. I'm like, how's he fucking announcing? <laughs> what fucking fives? Did, how many times did he get knocked out? Yeah. I'm fucking brain dead over here, and this guy's the announcer. I remember. But then I saw the passion and he's us. Like, even back then, I'm surprised I caught it. But I was like, he loves it. So it doesn't matter if you're good at it. You love it. So if you love it, and then also probably being an announcer and seeing that he had this capability of getting the the normal people of the world to understand skateboarding and make our sport bigger and more respected. And at that time, I wanted that for us. I wanted us to be like, stop, stop talking to me like I'm some fucking criminal. Like, I'm a professional skateboarder. It's a fucking thing, man. And but, he but, had I, the skill to bring the people yeah. to understand us. And I was like, you can shit on him for not doing a 540, but you can't shit on him for... He, he's not in here to get a check and be famous. No, I want. He loves to, the fucking game, dude. I want, I, once I realized that I had an opportunity to, to help move it... Once I realized that there were millions of kids that were going were, who would be had the opportunity to become skateboarders from seeing it on right. TV, and that they would they would see this thing and then go, but and also then, getting and an, it, an authentic perspective, get an authentic yeah. perspective, not, not and, like look at that amplitude, yeah, yeah, get enough of like the storytelling and who yeah. and why, and then skateboarding would take care of them. That's when I knew what my role was, right. and I just threw myself into that part. Yep. And, and you know, I, I I tell you all the time, I'm I'm super grateful for the manner in which you helped me to see it. Because I remember in the beginning being like, I've been here for fucking years. What? And you're like, no. You you got to fucking, you got to buck up and you got to do this. I told you it wasn't right, though. Yeah. I was like, it's not right, but this is what is happening. Yeah, so we're and, doing this. And, yeah, I was like, and you're doing it. He, like, he nailed it. He fucking did it. It was, I mean, we did three years of those tours, three, three tours. Yeah. That was the loudest. That was, that was definitely one of the top five moments of the tour. Absolutely. That was the loud, one of the top five loudest crowds I've ever been in on a dude dropping in. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And at Tampa. At Tampa. Where Tampa is like. No joke. That's, that's where the hardcore skaters are. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the general But they knew because we had your back. Like Danny said that and I said this, but at one point I remember being with a microphone at the transition saying to him, this is where you'll, the impact is. <laughs> so when you explode, I'll be interviewing you. And he's just looking down at me like, what the fuck kind of motivation is that? And I'm like, trust me, dude, just go. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but everybody else was like, we're, you know, he, yeah, he's not 540 guy, yeah. but 
Jason's being a fucking asshole to him on the microphone. And he's like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm dropping in. And fell and slammed the iron, and the went iron, back though. up the this stairs. Guy, I mean, it was, yeah. You know us, dude. You yeah. go back up the stairs. Every time he went back up the stairs meant more than the fucking drop in. Because I was like, he's not going to stop. And that, that experience was, it opened my eyes 10,000%. You could be around it, et cetera. Skate many ramps, et cetera. But like, to fucking go up and stand up and do battle with like big transition and then it just, it changed my entire perspective of what I thought I knew. And I already had an immense respect, but it, that was just like, what it filled me with and what it gave me moving forward was like, I was like a superpower. I'll never forget that day. Yeah, I thought it was great. I then, forget a lot of stuff, but I don't Everyone kept that. making funny after that, so I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, I felt like you were targeted more because it was like, well, Sal's late sometimes. I was, dude, do you remember <laughs> when I missed? I think I'm, I had to draw, I slept in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There, I think there was a time when the bus was, everyone's on the bus and we're like, yeah. we have got to get to and the I, next so city. And so I drove, I had to drive, I had to drive that shitty rental car that uh, Robert Earl had. And then I had to drive it to like another state. Yeah, it was. Uh, on the flip side of that drop in experience, do you remember the other time? when you went to drop in and we all had challenged ourselves with old tricks to relearn. Probably don't. But mm. there was one skate park. I can't remember. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Oh, is that was the one when I... When I, I Rage I, quit. I quit. Yeah. yeah. We all did. Yeah. But we all, we all came in. I, I'll never forget it. We're all on the bus and we're like, man, I want to relearn. I said, I want to learn front, relearn frontside fives. Right. Yeah. You had something. Cat frontside grind, I think. Cab, yeah, cab frontside five zero. Jesse had something. Bucky like had something. Hard flipped Faggy, and then you're like, "I'll drop in again." So we all made this pact and said, "Whoever doesn't do it is getting a mohawk." Right. Right. So we're all on the bus, and that's it. We're all going in, and over the course of the demo, we all finally start to focus in on our challenge, and none of us can do it. None of us can do it. No, I took a, I took a really good slam. You that took day. a super gnarly and I slam. Was like, Oh, <laughs> I ended up on the deck. Front side five forty oh, on the deck. Oh, this is what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Ah, that was funny. Do you remember that that guy who had the um the that we went to that farm and he had the most beautiful cement bowl set up oh, in, yeah. a, in a barn. Yeah. And we had like uh, the yeah. greatest. That's the best session I ever had on tour. But I don't think we weren't allowed to shoot that one, right? We weren't allowed to shoot it. It was, uh, it was but like he let private, because he because he built it rogue. He didn't yeah. have permits for it. Uh, and I'll never forget that session. That was fun. Yeah, I, I got a, a, a backside fifty through the corner of this really gnarly corner, and you were standing right there, and you were like, "Fuck yeah!" And I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" And I remembered that was yeah, that was that was that that was the funnest session that guy's house. And you just this guy just like pulls open these. It was like uh, what's the baseball movie? Um, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Dreams, yeah. He had a Field of Dreams, like, dream park. It was built really well, too. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah. What was the place that we went with the rowdy guy that had the the beat-up truck that he took us bush bashing until he, he like, wrote the car off while we were in it? And it was, like, the first five minutes that I got out of the bus. and it Was Was that Skatopia? I think so. Mm. Or just like I think, the worst no, we went to ramp. Skatopia. I don't think we went to Skatopia on that tour. I don't know. Um, it's kind in of In Ohio. Oh, it was Viva La Bam. Sorry. That was Viva La Bam, yeah. I got off another van. And <laughs> yeah. then I got put in a car with some mohawk tattooed guy. That's when that they, like, they, they were towing the half pipe behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. And he just took off through the woods. 
and hit a tree. And I was like, just lost the rear end of your car, sir. <laughs> yeah, don't worry and about I'm a bogan. I'm a, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, I see what's happening. This I remember is a, this is a demo. Yeah. And he's yeah. trying to scare us. And I'm like, he's not that good. This might end up scaring him as well. But I pretended that I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I held it up like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, keep going, man. Like, yeah. And I'm like, sure. dude, we're going to fucking die. I remember when they let us uh, run wild at Woodward and we almost flipped the um, the quads. Yeah. I was desperately trying to get you to do that. Yeah. To crash. Yeah, and I yeah. ended up on the front wheels. Yeah. And I was I, praying for it to go off. I would have died, though. Nah, you'd be all right. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> always seeing you and going, there he is! <laughs> just fuck with him. Every time I saw him, fuck with Sal. Fuck with him at all costs. Oh, <laughs> Wow. So you've got a four wheeler. Boom. Never like, rode a four wheeler before. You. Remember France? Yeah. The French 900? Yeah, yeah. There wasn't uh, really a yeah. 900? Wait, was no, that, no, no, that, no, was, that was, that was, that was yeah. the French 900. So by oh, the way, Pensacola. I, Pensacola, Pensacola 900. People, I got some angry emails after that one. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Remember? Because they did? thought we were just making fun of the crowd. And I mean, I guess we were in our own way, but. Wait, did you do a fake one? No, I did a. Uh, the ramp was pretty rugged, and I started trying seven twenties, and and people were like, "Yeah, nine hundred. And okay. so I was like, "Okay, Let's just and go with it." Sal, I, I told he, <laughs> Sal's like, "I guess that's the Pensacola nine hundred. Oh, and yeah, then nice. we, we ran that, we aired it, right? And the people were there that were there were like, "We just think we're idiots. Like, we're making fun of us. Like, we don't really know any of that stuff." And sorry, right. we. Felt good in the moment, the time. Yeah, we thought it was funny at the time. Yeah. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> um, I have every... So all the three 900s that I got to witness, which was there... Well, not Pensacola. Well, not Pensacola. <laughs> but uh, San Francisco, oh, Paris. Paris, and another one. Woodward. Woodward. I have all... I've never washed those shirts, and they're all signed, and they're hanging no in the way. bag. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Wait, your shirt? His shirt? My shirt. They all say he he would sign. Thanks, Sal. Nine hundred in ninety nine. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sal. Nine hundred and, and yeah. Sweet. They're probably worth like five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I still have the skateboard from San Francisco. Do you? Yeah. That yeah, should he... be in like the Smithsonian or something. I don't know. I have it. Please don't. I don't know it. Like, please know where that is. Yeah. You know? I, I have it. I know where it okay. is. Okay. It's not like McGill's board that he gave you. <laughs> I knew where that was too. Touche. My Excuse bad. Excuse me. Yep. My Thank bad. you. When you look when you when you look back on that day, do you like because that was that day changed everything for all of us. Yeah. Like if um if nine hundred doesn't happen on that Friday night, <laughs> it I I really think that the 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 domino effect of like the explosion of the culture, that night changed everything. Everything. It, it was on in every bar. There's no Instagram. That was pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, um, all the we it's prime time on a Friday night, and people are get calling each other, being like, "Gather around, yeah. go to your TV." If you were in a bar, every everyone turned like it was this moment to just like, and then it happened. And it was like, I, it I can tell you that it, it wouldn't have happened if I had planned to try that that night. Yeah, because whenever I went with the intention of doing 900s, it was it was too much pressure on myself and I'd end up eating shit. Mm. And so that night, I didn't plan it. And then when I started trying it, it just sort of evolved and I figured it out. But it was it was crazy that 
my first Summer X Games. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yes. I had done the winter, and then they they hired me for summer. And oh, wow. Yeah. But it was, it was crazy that they let the feed go. That's yeah. the part. That's the part that was really wild to me, is that they, they let this live best trick contest. And I know people think that this was like the biggest event, and I had it all planned out. It no. wasn't. And at that time, best trick events were just sideshows. Yeah. yeah. It was like after the contest, everyone's mulling around. Oh, I'll try this hard trick. Maybe I'll get it. I think the people let it go because of the people around you. We all changed. Because when we saw that you were going to get close, I felt like everybody there was like, oh, shit. If we help him, if no, we push him, he's going to fucking do it today. That was a that was a Jamie Reynolds, Jed Drake, and a couple others making an executive decision. Probably, I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard the stories behind the scenes, but for sure there were people telling each other to fuck off in the yeah. truck. Yeah, we don't get this. going to keep you. going. Yeah. The idea that, like, skateboarding is going to run into Sports Center. Yeah. Yeah, delay fucking sports like center? that's only reserved for golf and that's, NBA. Yeah, like, like, and, that's resolved yeah. for like NFL. the real yeah. shit, right? And then that happens, and now they're extending it all the way through. We kept going live and doing interviews with everyone involved. It was a whole yeah. they 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 treated it like as if you know Tiger had just shot fucking sixty four at you were Sports Center, uh, like this. Then what is it the Thing of the week or whatever, Trick, like they top go ten, top ten. Top 10 oh, right. Yeah, was, you were yeah. number one. It was number one. It was yeah, that was crazy. Baseball, baseball, well, baseball. I'm thankful golf, that you baseball. guys were there to help. It. I mean, I I couldn't have done it with all that support. Can't so. believe I was on the fucking ramp to this day. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, was quite I, it, the it all it's all very much a blur to me. And then when um you know Sam Jones did the doc and I saw all that behind the scenes footage and all the you guys were there. I mean. My Sean Mortimer, all the skaters. I, I, it was all just such a like, wow, that's crazy! I finally did that. That's awesome! Woo! High five it! But I just now when I see it in hindsight, I, I, all so many of my peers and the people I love and respect were there. It was crazy. I remember looking at other people when you got close, where I was like, he could make that, and then I'd look at you know what I mean like one of the other vert guys that knows what that takes, and they're like. I know, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, this ain't a fucking pose anymore, guys. This is happening. Yeah. And then like such a, a pose. I did a lot of pose. You know what I mean, dude? No, like, I know, I I'm not saying did, you're not they, trying they, to make it. They risked, risked, yeah. He ain't making it. They and then risked you were. millions of dollars. Oh, you mean letting that air? To let it go. Oh, they were yeah. just like, fuck it. Just so you know, I thought light it up. I thought it was, I thought it was over. Like I I didn't think that it was still live. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? That, that, because because of our experience, of course, we're, yeah. We're, we're always the, the, the only reason I knew we're the dredge. Like we're not, they're not going to let us go over time. And the, so I was like, I'm just going to try to do the trick. It's yeah. fine. I'll the do only it. They haven't closed the ramp yet. Yeah. Right. The only reason I knew that's because I had a yeah. I had an earpiece, and I was like, oh shit, we're fucking. We're on TV. We're done. <laughs> we're still on TV. We're still on TV. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember the camera guy's like, "What do you think?" And I'm like. We're done, dude. It's like, no, we're not. And I'm like, oh, uh, I think he's going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm on the side of the ramp, and I have to do the the closer you got. I go, uh, not yet, but it's getting pretty close. <laughs> and then, ooh, oh, yeah, maybe. And then, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> like, that God. was how it progressed. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I didn't do it. You, you did know, it, motherfucker. Hey, but, but then that led us to... 
doing so much cool shit after that. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean. it, it kicked it. It kicked it open, and, and that's I'm, that's what for me that was. I was considering not competing after that year, way before that, and then that just kicked it into high gear. It was like, okay, I I don't want to compete. I'm not going to top that yeah. moment in my career. And then it led me to get to do commentary with you. We got to do the tours. Yeah. Um, and it was just so much fun. So I'm just so thankful that we like that we got to that journey together because yeah. we we were all the dregs of of the sports <laughs> world. We suddenly got really cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I was weird as shit, right? <laughs> it was. I remember so fun. like because I was hanging out with Danny and Colin all the time, and those dudes were like the cool guys still. And every now and then we go somewhere and it's like, Alice, man, fucking Abe Hanger. And Colin's like, <laughs> the fuck are you talking to him for? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm on ESPN, okay? Relax. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking ramming that up their asses. All being time. recognized and them not being recognized was yeah. like one of the most satisfying moments of my life. So awesome. So, Salema, what's next? Yeah, what do you do what's now? now? What's next? Uh, what's next? Now I got, that we survived all those years. Yeah. yeah. I started a clothing company, uh, co-founded a, cl a clothing company called Mamiwata that I'm doing out of, it's, it's the first South African surf brand. Huh. Um, and basically the idea was to, to do a, a surf lifestyle brand, but totally through the lens of African surf culture. So like, obviously we've had all these brands from Australia and SoCal, et cetera. But I'm like, did that book inspire but not this just, or? Oh, well, we did the book. Sorry. We did the I did the book Afrosurf after we started the brand. Okay. Yeah. But then the, the book Afrosurf kind of went nuts last summer. Yeah. And so now I'm developing the Afrosurf book into a show. But when you say African surf, not just South Africa. No, like the whole the African continent. continent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's been going really, really well. We got a little pop-up store in McKinney that uh, we opened in April and it's going through September. And then, yeah, trying to take this, uh, take the Afrosurf book and basically do a travel show and show people what modern Africa looks like, but music, food, culture, fashion, but all through this unlikely lens of surfing. I went, amazing. I went on a surf trip to Senegal in December and it was, changed my life. And I was like, all right, we got to do this. Is there the a show. scene? Huh? Is there a scene? Yeah, the cr a crazy scene. And like, these dudes rip beyond comprehension and the waves are amazing. And you're surfing like, you're surfing like, perfect A-frame barrels in front of the most giant triple minaret mosque ever wow. in a fishing village and everyone speaks what French. What about um, Skeleton Bay? Skeleton Bay in Namibia? Yeah. That's on my list. I'm kind of terrified of it, but I feel I, like I've got to get it. I saw it. I saw a video of it. Yeah. And, and that was my first thought. Was that, that's a left that just barrels constantly and I talked to my brother who is a yeah, surfer his a real whole surfer. life and he's like, yeah. that wave will kill you. Is gnarly. It's gnarly. Yeah. But I, I, I also have He said it's gnarly. It. I'm not going. Yeah. I, I got to surf it. There's all Angola, Wait, Mozambique. You, you goofy footed? I'm goofy footed. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on that. Um, I got an act, a, kind of a big acting job I'm leaving for next week for a week for this show. It's an adaptation of a book called Lady in the Lake. I'm shooting that in, um, in Baltimore, Maryland for a week. Acting opposite this some lady named Natalie Portman. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. What so. about the black community so in surfing? Because mm. I feel like I'm trying to get into it a little bit, and I've been around a little into bit. Into the black lately. community in surfing, or no? In the community, 
But I bumped into you. You just happened to be black. Yeah. And I went to something where somebody was being disrespectful to a black guy, mm. black kid in the way uh, near came, my house. That's right. Yeah. So I went. You know what I mean? Because I was like, fuck that. And then he was there. And then I'm watching him. And I'm like, oh, he's like the lord of this stuff. And you're breaking down barriers that I didn't know needed to be done at this fucking time. I was like, I thought we were past this. But to know that there's yeah. some of you out there that, are gonna judge a guy's skin color in the water. Oh it's yeah, crazy. I remember, I remember people seeing that. like yeah. Sal is kind of shining the light on that, and yeah. I think that it's opening eyes to a lot of clueless people that may not have realized that they were being disrespectful by not standing up and supporting your fellow surfer, regardless of their skin color. And I think you're a big part of that, man. From what I've seen, I, it wasn't my desire to. Um, I didn't. I didn't wake up one day and think like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to be the, the champion of this, but I just couldn't stay quiet. Do you realize that but after the, you are just talking about your dad, Yeah, you're yeah. kind of doing yeah. your Total. dad's work in surfing? Yeah, and after my dad died, I appreciate that. Because after my dad died, I was like, well, how do you even keep this torch alive of, of what he did? And then suddenly it. we found ourselves in the summer of 2020 when things got really spicy. And um, as far as the conversation race in America, and obviously conversation came up in surfing and I was like, people started telling their stories and I was like, I got some stories to tell. Yeah. And it's funny, that event that you came to, these two kids, Brick and Gage, sweet kids, they had been surfing for about a year and they were in Manhattan Beach and, you know, you have incidents in the water where, especially when you're new, you cut someone off, whatever, they might call you a You just don't or, know the etiquette. You don't know the etiquette, whatever. And this guy, um, Decided to paddle up to him, give him, give him shit, and then call me N-word. Yeah. And nobody helped. Nobody stopped and it. then everyone sat, everyone in the water just kind of sat around and did nothing as this guy's like no going allies. off. No allies. And um there was an incident a few weeks earlier up at the top of, of uh of um El Porto where these two black girls that were just out in the water. We're getting shit. And these guys were being like, why are you guys out here? And they're dropping M-bombs, et cetera. Dude. I mean, I've had, I've had more incidents than I can even count. I had a, a situation not too long ago um, at, at this, this spot called Zeros in Malibu where I saw another black guy in the parking lot. And whenever that happened, it's like, hey, hey. That's how I met Mirko. I met Mirko Mangum surfing seaside. And we were like, the only two black guys in the water, which for us to see each other in the water anytime that happened was like, I don't know you, but I need to. And you, we all have the similar story. It's like gays and skateboarding. Yeah. yeah like, and that's, I mean, how, that's how I got my job. At, that's how I got my job at Planet Earth. Yeah. From the, the two black guys for 100 miles happening to be in the water, we start talking. And I had, was going through some shit at Transworld. And he was like, oh, I'm gonna, you, I'll get you on the phones at, at, at Planet Earth. But anyway, I see this guy in the parking lot and I roll up to him and I start talking to him. Where are you from? We're like, you ever see me here? Another you here? He's like, no, it's cool. so cool to see you. And the guy in the, in, the, in the next car over goes, why didn't you come up and say hi to me? Oh, As my God. Dude. And so he, me and this dude are having this conversation. And we're like, excuse me? It's like, yeah. Why didn't you come up? Why did you go and talk to him and not me? Don't you think that's kind of racist, bro? And I was like, oh, wow. We're looking at each other <laughs> What's happening yeah. on a Saturday? Like, it's too nice a day for this shit. Yeah. And this dude starts going in. He's, and then, then he dude. has the nerve to be like, don't you think you should be off doing some TikTok dance videos like your people do? Yeah. And what? just like going. But what was really 
as horrible of a situation as it was, because I was about to fight this dude. Yeah, I'll put you in the fucking car and stomp your ass. Uh, a bunch of white dudes came up to him and, t- and like, checked him. Checked him and fucking told him to beat it. And I'd never all, seen that before. And I was like, oh, it takes. I might, we might, we might have a, uh, there's some allies here. Yeah. There's a, this, so those dudes, Brick and Gage, they started this really call, cool thing called Ebony Beach Club, where every, every second Sunday at Dockweiler Beach, they take over this beach and they got a fucking, He's got his El Camino on the beach, DJ and folks show up. There's this group called Color the Water. They're giving um, surf lessons to black and brown kids. And it's just like, it's a vibe. It's like the best beach party ever. And this idea of like not having to change who you are as a person of color to come to the beach, but being able to come to the beach and like show people how you can also do it this way. And it's an energy. Yeah. And now it's become this like this very cool, very big thing. There's this there's this group called Textured Waves. These incredible women that I've been working with. Um, they call what Textured Waves. Okay. And their whole if you follow them on on Instagram, their whole story is like the perspective of surfing through the lens of Black women, which I had never even seen. So when I discovered them, I was like, oh, holy shit! You yeah. know. Um, and so yeah, just getting creating more access. And people always like, like to be like, well, the ocean's for everybody, bro. So I don't understand why you guys want to always bring race into it. Dude. And it's like, I'm so sorry that you think that your neighborhood by the beach just happens to be all only white because like, you're the only people who wanted to be there. Yeah. I'm, I, I know that it, it, once you discover that that's not the case and it, like, it, got, it got literally set up that way, it kind of fucks with your brain. And no one's saying it's your fault, but also like, Help create some room yeah. and let make people feel welcome in a space that you're not used to seeing them. Yeah. And I remember, like, I, you know, surfing just felt so fucking good to me. Like, the first time I stood up on a wave that I couldn't hear all the shit. Yeah. Like, people right. would, they'd throw, I remember people, you know, just palling up and being like, what's your black ass doing out here? I'd be like, surfing. Just I like, gotta commend you on that, dude. Because I, I mean, I don't know. I obviously don't know what that's like, but I can get close with the gay stuff. And yeah, it's, you know what it's and like. It's, you know, it's, I've thought at one point when it was against me, I, I went back to Australia and I didn't want to go home. I just was like, I don't want to live here if I'm gonna be persecuted. talked to like that yeah. everywhere I go. Yeah, and you stayed with it. I was already pro. I was just my fucking job, and I still was out of here. I was like, I don't need this. Yeah. I don't need to live like this. My thing was just like you did it the whole time. The joy of 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 the thing, yeah. like n- that can't supersedes. Be, it all supersedes else. all yeah. of the it. passion. Yeah, the passion and the joy of it. And look, I mean, fuck, we're still here. And but I do think that, especially with those those incidents and those events that transpired, you were a catalyst in terms of being a central figure that could articulate yeah. the experience in a way that people who... People had to listen. It yeah, was people talking. had to listen, but also that they thought that I was never... I was always down, but right. not really through your actions, were you? Right. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. People were always just... There were a lot of people who were like, but yeah, we were friends with you the whole time. I'm like, yeah, but you did... You you had no desire or ability to acknowledge that like the shit was different for right. me. Um, and it, so now that you're, you're finding out what that is, that's what makes you uncomfortable. Right. Like, yeah, <clears throat> but, but I, I, I just think you you did such a uh, great job of I appreciate of it. heading that up and being a champion and, and that was that was pops man like literally like yeah channeled them and um, I'm just awesome. glad that it doesn't have to just just be me like there's so many voices now and I just get to like 
use my um, my platform to shine a light on on the work that a bunch well, I've of people seen are doing it from the outside, and I'm impressed. Thanks, I think man. it's what you're doing is is really good stuff, dude. I appreciate it. It meant a lot when I saw you down there on the beach that day. I well, you know like, me, dude. I was just you like, remember Germany. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. Do I remember? Germany? Somebody said something when I'd had too much to drink and I fucking lost it. I remember it. I remember yeah. it well. Do you remember? Not something that. that was in our crew. No, no, no. We were at a we were at an establishment. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and somebody, no somebody used. I think we told the story. Somebody used a little a word. more vague ter terms before. Somebody used a bad word. Yeah. Do you remember that that one demo that I had to stay in because it happened to be that we were not. We it was like May Day and there was we were in Germany and there was there was like a right wing parade that was happening. What? Yeah. And you had to stay. I, I had to, in, I don't I had to remember stay. That. They were like, "We advise you to stay in until after Jesus. the right wingers pass." I didn't and know. That. Was, I'm uh, sorry, I didn't know about that. I mean, you didn't organize it. <laughs> no, but I just, you know, I, I feel yeah. like I, I should be aware of any of the situations. Yeah, it was, tour. it was, it was super rando. But yeah, wow. that was a weirdo. That was a weird one. Yeah, we've come a long way, and we got a long, way, long way, to go, way to go. I know, as too. human beings, when it comes to just, just acknowledging the. The, the natural differences of of what makes people people in this yeah. country and, and the idea that whether it's race or religion or sexuality, especially like as we're in the midst of this like crazy, all of a sudden people want to be like, America's a Christian nation and you're going to be one too. I'm like, actually, no. Yeah. yeah. But you, you start to see like how easy people can get caught up and being like, oh, my team's going to win now. It's like, no one's going to win. We're all racing towards yeah. the same fucking stop sign. How do you want to get there? Do you want to get there spending your time um, putting people down for choosing to be their whole selves because you wish you could be that? I think that's really what it ends up coming We're down to. a little bit gay and a little bit black self, you know? <laughs> can so someone, get over it. Can someone put that on a plaque? That's the quote. <laughs> that's, that's it. We're going to end it there. <laughs> that sums it up. <laughs> So the sooner you get over it's like we're back it, the sooner you can get on with your life. Exactly. You're, back of the bus. You black homos. The back of everybody. the bus. And and also, <laughs> oh, man, that, yeah, I was gonna say the, the back. The back of the bus is a good term in our world. Yes. Yes. on the tour. Yeah, exactly. you wanted. Yeah, yeah you yeah. wanted to be in the back of the bus because the back of the bus was the funnest yeah, part that's where of the, the tour. That was the coolest place on earth. Yeah. So thanks for joining Shit. us yeah. in the back of the bus, Sal. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Tony. it, buddy. Really appreciate it. Love you, dickhead. Love you. Love you. All the way back. Yeah. And then some. All right. Thanks, everybody. Like and describe, you bastards. What's what's your out? Oh, yeah. What's my out? Check your shit. Uh, oh, shit. I don't have a, a good... Uh, well, either a good saying or, or plug something or, yeah, plug oh, something. or uh, just shut it down. My podcast. What shape, Listen to the What Shapes Us podcast. That would... Please. I'm glad we covered that. Give, a, yeah, give us thanks. like a... Give us... Give us... <laughs> we almost didn't mention he had a podcast <laughs> yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. What yeah. shapes us, but give us like a, a true in the, the oh. Salima voice oh. out. I'll give you guys an out. Well, uh, it's been truly amazing hanging out with these two legends, Tony Hawk and Jason Ellis, the legend from Australia. Uh, it's a fine, fine podcast, the Hawk versus Wolf podcast. Buy the merch. Uh, are the boards still available, guys? They are. Yeah. How many? Not, uh, Not that many. There's less than Not many. Left. So make sure that uh, you guys go out. And get them and support these two legends. And my name is uh, Salema Masakela. And as Ten, always, nine, it's been a pleasure. Eight, <laughs> hanging seven, out, telling six, you stories about five, the shred. Four. That really helps three, when you hear that, cool. right? And we're out. Yeah.
What Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22.